0: Hi, and welcome to Embark, where we navigate to what's next. I'm Liz Solar, and we have all kinds of algorithms for anything that we want to do. For example, if you want to find a date, you go to Match or Hinge. If you're looking for a job, maybe it's um, LinkedIn or ZipRecruiter or Indeed. But where do you go when you have a great idea, you're an innovator or an inventor, and you want someone to bring your idea to market? Today on Embark, we're going to talk about the algorithms and the personal relationships to connect idea makers and business makers. We're spending time with a true connector who not only finds innovators, but finds the people to help those innovators realize their vision beyond theory to full-blown development. Jenny Rowe is a PhD scientist. She did a PhD in molecular and cellular biology and a postdoc at Harvard Medical School. She's been a researcher, technology transfer, she's worked to make labs more efficient. And along the way, she developed a passion for funding biotech companies and created her own startup. She's the co-founder of Curious Reactor, which we'll hear about later. Jenny, welcome to Embark. Tell us about Curious Reactor.
1: Hi Liz, thanks for uh, having me here. Curious Reactor is a digital connector. Um, just think of it as a—it's—it's a—it's a digital. Career. It's like your friend who's really well connected, and you're stuck on something, and you need to uh, somebody who can get through that. And you call this friend, and this person always seemed to be, you know, well connected, know who to connect you to at the right time, and that's. Curious Reactor, where you can come and uh, find who can help you with an expertise or connect you to the investors or uh, biotech companies who are looking for the new technology.
0: What was your catalyst for finding the startup?
1: It's actually really rooted in my own experience. So during my PhD, I had my own invention and I got to analyze it and during that process, I realized what actually happened to the knowledge that we generate as a PhD scientist in academia, and realized that there's a real gap in bridging uh, the new nascent idea to uh, the market. Basically, so I've, I decided that as a PhD scientist, that I can insert myself to widen that channel as well as accelerate.
0: You know, I was going to save this for later. Recently, we were talking and paraphrasing. One of the things you said is one of our challenges going forward in in society is to get jobs for PhD. Now, you were in that world, you're in the world of academia for years, and so many people spend upward of a, a decade just working on their PhD, you know, getting educated, specializing in some kind of a discipline. And some of them may be lucky enough to get on a tenure track at a university, but that's not everybody's choice. And so, all of this energy and passion and hard work goes into pursuing this PhD. And aside from the very real value of education, what is the practical use of a PhD in, in a society that really puts a lot of emphasis on both results and profitability? How can they put that knowledge to practical use in the modern workplace?
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a sad reality that we have been really great at uh, generating educational system to uh, create more access and ability for people to enroll themselves in graduate school and become a PhD, uh, especially in science. And unfortunately, there's not that many academic jobs that are available for PhD who are most of the career training that they receive is to become a professor, and eighty uh, percent of them end up being unemployed right after their graduation, or um, get becoming a low paying postdoc um, before they can land the tenure track job. So, in my mind, that's a real loss in society where we have invested so much um, resources to to train these people for many many years and. They are amazing at uh, navigating unknown. That is basically what you're trained for as a PhD scientist, that you're creating a new knowledge out of um, what's already have been done and recognizing where is the gap of knowledge. So I realize that there are many, many avenues for a PhD talent to be utilized after I got out of uh, academia. Unfortunately, there's not many channels out there that make that process smoother. It really has to, the onus is really on PhDs to figure out and navigate their own way out of academia. So I think their ability to navigate unknown um, and make a data-driven decision can be applied to many different places, but especially in business, because There's many things are unknown, and I think PhDs are great at looking at the data, making the decision uh, and strategy and going into an uncharted territory.
0: I still wonder, with all of the, the, the brain trust and really, to be honest, the endowments that many large universities have, why is there not more development of those ideas on campus?
1: I think it's just being, uh, getting caught on, realizing that becoming a professor is actually an alternative career rather than going into an industry, which was the culture um, many for many years. But I would say the problem is more systematic. So within our curriculum of PhD, uh, traditional PhD training, we really don't train people to look elsewhere outside of... Um, becoming a professor or researcher and instilling the knowledge that what you learn or processing science can be also uh, really valuable in society. I think is really necessary, but I think many universities are being caught on and opening people's eyes on many different opportunities but we also need to remember the people we are learning these from are also all from all professors who have an experience outside exper um, industry experience so i think there is a real gap there
0: it sounds like curious reactor does what it can to bridge that gap and bring that knowledge to marketplace you know what was the impulse for that
1: yeah so there's a lot of stakeholders need to come together for complex ideas like uh, life-saving drugs to born from university and really vetting that idea and developing it into a clinic and becoming a marketable drug, there's a lot of stakeholders are involved and it is a human uh, human network basically brings that about. So if you are only um, created your profession within academic science, it's really difficult to get out of that shell and um, network with people who can make that possible. So it really is rooted in that recognition and realization that we really need to bridge that gap. But right now, it's very difficult to do that. There's a huge cultural barrier, but also language barrier. And um, honestly, there's a lot of... um, lot of knowledge creators out there as well as business professionals. So knowing which dot needs to be connected together for miracles to happen is a really difficult, difficult task if you haven't been networking all along throughout the uh, dif- two different world of business and academia.
0: So you talk about the cultural difference and the language difference. Are you talking about just in terms of work culture? jargon used in certain businesses? Are you talking about actual culture, actual language differences or or both?
1: Yeah, I think there's a little bit of both. So um, what's really exciting to scientists who are working on a cutting edge science, not necessarily those ideas may not be commercializable in the time frame that business professionals are looking for. So different time horizon, different incentives, uh, as well as the technical jargons that both worlds use are all devoting to a cultural differences.
0: So many of those connections come from the in-person meeting, you know, whether it's a coffee one-on-one or it's a large conference, you know, we are drawn to our people and even people who are introverted need people around them from time to time just to refresh. And for connectors, being around people is not just what kind of makes their day. It it actually is essential, you know, to their being. And those in-person meetings that most of us are used to often lead to those relationships where you like, know, and trust that person and you keep building on those relationships. How is the lack of in-person networking, uh, a lack of conferences, conventions, those, you know, small group meetings, how does that affect what Curious Reactor does?
1: Meeting people in person, being able to see them eye to eye, I think is really important I, to know the chemistry between two. In order to create a working relationship, human chemistry needs to be there. And Curious Reactor, I think, uh, will fill that gap where it's really difficult right now with pandemic in a virtual meeting um Conference settings—it's really difficult to to have that human uh, human touch, so to speak. Um, if you often time you're thrown into a big uh, Zoom meeting with two hundred people or even more. I've seen uh, conferences with thousands of people, and all you see is a list of names. So, within it, how how do you know who who is the right person to connect with? And even if you get to talk to those people, getting on to that, moving beyond the icebreaker conversation in, in a virtual setting is really difficult. So putting people in, in a right wavelength of these are the topics that you guys should talk because you are looking for this and this person has something to offer and breaking that ice for them and giving them a context for conversation, I think is really important. And that's where Curious Reactor comes in. So if I look back on uh, my own background, so I have went through many different career change as a, I started out as a wildlife field biologist and went into a medical research. And then now I have two different companies. And during those career transitions, I realized it was through people that I bridge those gaps, and the people who have championed that for me always had a working relationship with me. Whether that was a scientific collaboration, or um, I was a customer at a, a, a company that I used their devices, and they later on actually became uh, came in as a licensee of my own ev- invention that was a device. So. It was these human relationship, but it also has to be a working one so that you know them personally, you know them professionally, and you know that you can work with these people hand in hand.
0: Do you feel that the, the, the matches come more from the analytics or is it, does it have more to do with those in-person meetings, touches? Does it happen more organically or is it more on the technological side or you know, how do you weigh one against the other?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of both. The analytics behind Curious Reactor is really rooted in my own experience and insights. So, I think there are some things that computers are really good at doing, which is fishing out the right uh, right type of people if I were to give a little little bit of parameters around each people and finding that complement whether this person is looking for funding, that person's providing funding. Going through the whole data and figuring those complements out—it's it's a computer's job. But uh, providing the right um, feelings for people to create that first set of rapport is is a real uh, human psychology. And how we introduce people, or what type uh, what type of information we disclose when we are introducing those people, is really rooted on in, in my own experience. It at um, being a human connector, so it's a little bit of both, and uh, there's a bit of a user experience element to it as well as an analytics. But I think I'm taking the both, uh, the best of the both world to combine it in Curious React.
0: You are able because you have this really rich background in academia and science, and know many of the you know quote unquote makers. So. That's, you know, it's a challenge to round up all of those people and help them get their message out. But how do you find the right person to champion that idea, that um, start of innovation? What kind of background would they typically have?
1: Yeah, so Curious Reactor's human matching idea actually came from about two years ago. There's a, a local... A conference that a lot of the academic inventors and business professionals go to commingle and create relationships. It's called Massachusetts Life Science Innovation Day. And I was a frequent attendee of that meeting. And I the beauty of that conference is that you get to see breadth of people. There's a mixture of investors, business professionals, and academic scientists. And because of the cultural barrier that I talked about earlier, People are there in the room physically, but they don't necessarily know how to interact with each other. So we were all just standing there and kind of talked about like, wouldn't it be nice to have like a um, dating dating app right in this room and I get to know who to talk to? <laughs> and that, that idea really... And I was, and at the time, Curious Reactor was matching people to technology. And I realized, you know, I can use the exactly same algorithm to um, marry people to people, and technology will be basically part of that. So I uh, went back to the drawing board and created this um, um, algorithm, and we tested out in the following year's Malsi day And people had a great response from people – saying that, thanks for that introduction, because of that, I received the investment, or because of that, I found my consulting clients. And those were unsolicited feedback, and it was pretty amazing. So being able to connect the dot in a loosely connected uh, group of people, I realize is the real value.
0: Have you ever seen a a match, come about and say, I did not see that coming. You know, when you see two people, and you're like, I don't know how they ended up together. Do do you ever have uh, an, an innovator who got matched up with somebody who invested in their idea and said, I would not have even imagined this?
1: Right. There were a few cases to get those feedback because it needs to be like really a wow moment for people to come and give us that unsolicited feedback. But there was a case this year um, uh, in one of the conference that a startup person came uh, came to me and said, I wouldn't have guests to uh, talk to. Found, um, it was a disease focused foundation. And I I didn't really connect the dot that my technology can be used for the type of disease, but your match was spot on and they got to talk. So that's, I think, the power of um, having an unbiased uh, algorithm of people and then triaging people based on context. So that was a really good uh, success story
0: there. What is your business model at Curious Reactor? Do you work like a lot of other companies on subscriptions or? Um- how do you do that?
1: So doing a subscription based uh, on individual is something that we would love to do in future. Right now, we're mostly uh, working and selling our product and service to venue owners. So that could be a conference organizer or president of professional association or a group that has a huge um, following. So we basically charge people of the ve- venue owners... And they will use our product to give the tool to their own members or conference uh, attendees to find their own match. So we provide that service and we come in as a service provider to the venue owners.
0: The matchmaker. Curious Reactor, how did you come up with that name? It's unusual.
1: Yeah, it's a a funny name. And uh, it's a long story, but uh, when we first started the company, where uh we didn't have a name, we didn't have a business um business card or anything like that, but I suddenly got into uh, one relationship led to another, and I got invited to give a talk in London, and my uh flight was in a two days, and I was telling my business partners like we really need to come up with our name <laughs> and a business card within forty eight hours so our two criteria was it needed to convey the idea of. Interesting things come together, and there's great um, happy 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 accidents happen when you come to this place. So the feeling of serendipity needs to be there, and uh, the the name needs to be available in dot com domain. So based on those two criteria, we generated a lot of uh, vocabularies, words, and looking up a lot of thesaurus and synonyms, and we ended up uh, with Curious Reactor. But if you go to our website, you can actually read about our uh, co-founders' Slack communication on where we, how we landed in that name and what were the other contenders.
0: So if you want to know the origin story or anything else about Jenny Rowe and Curious Reactor, where do you go?
1: You can go to our website at CuriousReactor.com.
0: That's great. Well, I hope people check it out. And I wish you so much success going forward. We we need more innovation, more ideas, and need to bring them to market. And as we've seen this year, it's more important than ever. So thanks for sharing it with us today.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: And if you, dear listener, have a story of change you'd like to share, you can bring it to us at Embark. Just write Liz, L-I-Z, at embarkthepodcast.com. We talk about change here and innovation in business, science, art, politics, personal stories, and we want to hear your story. Thanks to Jenny Rowe from Curious Reactor. For Embark, I'm Liz Solar. Thank you for listening.